Everybody and welcome to the Challenge Flag, where we call BS on fantasy football so-called experts. I'm Zachary Dorfman, joined by Michael Conti. What up, y'all? And today we have a mock draft for you. Drafting season is fast approaching. Today we are going to do a 12-team PPR mock draft, and we are going to showcase a strategy that you guys can use for your draft this year, and that's the zero running back strategy. Now, before we begin, make sure that you subscribe to us on iTunes, on Podbean. Make sure you go check out our YouTube channel. Just search The Challenge Flag. Go by channel, and then you'll see us right on there. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at flag underscore challenge. Check us out on the Fantasy Sports Gaming Network as well. That's thefsgn.com. If you like sports and you like video games as well, uh, they do a great job of combining the two. But there's also plenty of content if you're just into the fantasy football side of things. So make sure that you go to thefsgn.com to check that out as well. So, Like I said, we're going to be doing the zero running back strategy today. We're going to be using SleeperBot for our draft. That's definitely the draft tool that we think you guys should be using. It's quick, it's easy, and you can get a lot more mock drafts in when using it. Now, we do want to have a disclaimer for the zero running back strategy. First of all, Mike, when do you want to be using this strategy? Ideally, if you are uh, drafting... Antonio Brown at his ADP at that fifth pick or in the uh, later first round if you have like that uh, I don't know let's say like eight nine or ten yeah yeah you typically you're you don't want to reach too much uh, when doing the zero running back strategy uh, if you have like one through five until Antonio Brown's taken or until you can take Antonio Brown without it being a reach. You do not want to use this strategy. If you're picking in the top five there, take the best running back and roll with a different strategy. However, the zero running back strategy is designed to take advantage of your league's trends. And typically this is going to be a running back heavy draft. And yes, there are wide receivers late that can give you value, but if you're picking late in a draft and you need to you need to kind of maximize your advantages against your opponents and right away if some guy takes Ezekiel Elliott if you're left at the end of the first round with you know Dalvin Cook you are at a disadvantage so we need to be able to find advantages in our draft and recognizing that you're not going to have that top running back and try to find value at the running back position later you want to try to uh, give yourself that that leverage in the wide receiver category Now, there's two ways to do it. You can either go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, which is what we're going to show you today. Or you can go wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver. So it'd be four picks in a row instead of three picks without a running back. Now, again, the reason is because 
We recognize that we're not going to have the best running backs, uh, you know, going into it if you're doing the zero running back strategy. So making sure that you capitalize on getting a top tight end as well will give you another advantage over your opponents while you're lacking at the running back position. But today, we kind of want to show you if you went three straight wide receivers, what your running backs could end up as because it's not as bad as you can think. And there are some there is some great value there uh, later in the draft. So just a side note before yeah. we get started, you could want to do the wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver. But that becomes very situational, I think. If you're getting to your third pick and you are reaching for that tight end, the next top tight end at your pick, I would personally just go three wide receiver at that point and just make a shift to the drafting strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, typically at the end of the third round, you're still going to be able to get one of those top three guys. But, yeah, if if Gronk— You never know. Yeah, oh, you're absolutely right. If if Gronk—that's that's a great point. If Gronk, Ertz, and Kelsey are off the board in your third round, you were planning on taking a tight end there, no more. Don't do it. Like, just go with the wide receiver yeah, and you just go on. wide receiver there and then on to the running backs. Yes. So now this, uh, this draft is going to be a 12-man draft PPR— and it's going to be kind of your standard lineup. You know, one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, a defense, and a kicker. Now, the defense and the kicker is going to come into play here. I know that uh, a lot of people are like, what? But, like, trust me, again, they do come into your starting lineup. And there are going to be times where instead of reaching, maybe we do want to just make sure that we're taking the guy who's going to give us the most points every week. So, we've decided to pick 10th out of 12. Mike, are you ready to get started? Oh, I'm excited. All right, let's do it. All right, so draft is starting. You know, your typical guys are coming off the board, you know, your top running backs. Um, so it's now come to us at the 10th pick. And actually in this draft, um, we've had uh, only Antonio Brown come off the board. Now I think that realistically, Mike and drafts DeAndre Hopkins would go before this point, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think that right now we'd be very happy with taking Odell as DeAndre. I don't think is realistic in uh, my my league's draft, at least. Yeah, absolutely. And I think mine too. And I think Odell is realistic at that point. So we're going to start off our zero RB strategy with Odell Beckham Jr. So now we're, we're coming around the swing real pick. DeAndre went, then Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook. Again, we're not worried about that. Julio goes... So now we are left at our pick. We have Odell Beckham Jr. We're left with Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams. So, Mike, who do you think we're taking here? I think it's pretty obvious, but you oh, tell yeah. me what you Oh, yeah, hands thinking. down. Hands down, Michael Thomas. I agree. Michael Thomas is going to have a big year. I love Keenan Allen, but I just think with Michael Thomas on the board, um, it's kind of a no-brainer. So you can see that, you know— Guys that have picked, you know, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, we have Odell and Michael Thomas, who I do think are in, like, another league. Wouldn't you agree, like, comparatively? Oh, yeah. I mean, Odell and Michael Thomas, their career averages are pushing 17, 18-plus a week. So having that as your one-two punch, that's a good way to start the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it comes back to us. A lot of wide receivers were taken, and two... Two tight ends were taken, Gronk and Kelsey. So at this point, if you wanted to, you can get Zach Ertz. However, we've decided that we are going to stick with our wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Now, just to give you kind of an update, the running backs that are left now at the end of the third round, the next one would be Derrick Henry, Alex Collins. Or when we go wide receiver here, we have Larry Fitzgerald, Amari Cooper, Demarius Thomas. Mike, who do you think we get as our flex position third wide receiver? 
I think we go Larry Fitzgerald just for the sole fact as what you mentioned in previous podcasts. He needs 92 receptions to break some type of reception record. And he's a shoe in to get that this year. Yeah, I think it's actually even like 96. And I think that they're definitely going to force the ball like the ball to him. Now, I personally would go Amari Cooper. I like what they're going to do oh, with I him this year. I know you would personally do that, but... But I think, but I think you know, it's you know, getting a guy that you know is going to get ninety receptions as your third pick instead of going with Derrick Henry, I think is you know this is why you do this strategy. We have a great advantage over a lot of the other teams. So yeah, we're going to go Larry Fitzgerald. So now it's swinging back around to us in the fourth round, and just to kind of recap, you know, our team we have Odell, Michael Thomas, Larry Fitz. Now we're going to start thinking about running backs. Now, when we look at the other teams, you know, we have a great advantage over them. You know, the guy right next to us has Melvin Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, Adam Thielen. I think McCaffrey is on a different level than the guys, like on a lower level than the guys that we have taken so far. Some other guys that went running back, running back. You know, there is one team that went Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Rob Gronkowski, you know, doesn't even have a wide receiver yet. So we are, we have this huge advantage in the wide receiver category over other teams. But now we have to get ourselves back on board at running back. And here is where the guy you should target every single time in the fourth round. And that is who, Mike? Alex Collins. Alex Collins. So you've taken three top tier wide receivers and you need it running back one. Alex Collins had an amazing year last year. And Alex Collins is a guy that could finish as an RB1. So you've already made up so many points of the wide receiver position, and now you've locked in a running back one, um, you know, who could finish at that at the tops of the position. And uh, so you haven't really dug yourself a hole by doing this. That's the point of this drafting strategy. So, you know, the next round goes, we got, you know, more tight ends off the board, Jimmy Graham, two quarterbacks are off the board, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. You know, we're, Mike and I are typically, you know, we're going to wait on tight end, wait on quarterback. You know, I know how sleeper bot works and typically some teams will actually take two quarterbacks. So we're not going to be able to wait too, too long just for the sake of this. But right now we are in a great spot when it comes back around we do need that running back too we got royce freeman Dion lewis sony michelle Tariq cohen mike who do you think we should be taking at this point to round out our running backs right now to round out the running backs i think we should definitely go Dion lewis but even on the come around next round we have guys like rex burkhead tevin coleman and marlon max so i'm feeling confident that we'll be able to snag up at least a starter in the next two picks yeah, I like Deion Lewis as well. I think that just he, that he's a guy who by the end of the season could, um, you know, could be a really serviceable running back too. And, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, looking at that come around, you know, even if, you know, we're pick 10. So even if the guys around us pick all running backs, we are still fine to get a third guy. You know, with the zero running back strategy, we want a third guy just in case. And actually, not many running backs went. Tom Brady went. Greg Olson went. Only Sony Michelle went. So now it's coming back to us. We have Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald, Alex Collins, Deion Lewis. Pretty much an ideal situation. Mike, who do you got here? Are we getting another running back just in case? Are we starting to move into tight end or quarterback range? What do you think? 
I'm thinking looking at just looking at the running backs that are available. There's definitely at least one of those guys I could see being a potential starter on the team's lineup. So I would just like to lock them in just in case we need it for bye weeks and such. Mm -hmm. So we got Royce Freeman, Tariq Cohen, Carrion Johnson, Rex Burkhead. For me, I like Royce Freeman in this spot. Um, I think that I think that he's going to do great things in Denver. I think that uh, Denver is going to be more of a surprise team this year uh, without that bad quarterback play. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball really, really well. I think that C.J. Anderson last year had a better year than a lot of people thought, and Royce Freeman could end up filling that role. I don't know what you think, though, Mike. As of right now, I think Booker has the starting job over in Denver, so I would not be touching Royce Freeman in this spot right now Okay, so unless you foresee him taking over the lead role. I, I do, but who do you think? Like then, so if you're not picking Royce Freeman, who do you think you're? Who are you gonna go with? You're gonna go with Tariq Cohen, Carryon Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Tevin Coleman. I'm I'm leaning more towards Tevin Coleman or Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's a starter over in Indianapolis, and Tevin Coleman has proven that he can catch the ball out of the backfield as the RB two and put up reputable fantasy points. Mm-hmm. And I understand that there's five five or six people above marlon mack and tevin coleman but is that really considered reaching if our next pick isn't for another 20 picks and those guys will definitely not be there Mm -hmm. so i think now is is a good opportunity to lock them up i get that you know sometimes what you what you have to do is you have to kind of assess your team and yeah when you look at all these guys a large number of them are guys that are backups who could end up supplanting the number one, but at least with Marlon Mack, he's a guy who is the number one. So at worst case scenario, again, we're not trying, we're trying to find gold at the running back position, but you know, at the worst case scenario, if we need to just stick a guy in there to get those, you know, that 10 points a week, he's someone that we can do that with. And if you're really trying to find gold in that spot, six rounds, you can start going Packers backfield potentially. Mm -hmm. If you could just want to go Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery the next three rounds, because they're going to well, m- maybe take them at their ADP, not necessarily three straight rounds. Mm-hmm. But if you see that they could fall to you or they're not going to fall to you in the next round and you like that strategy, I know some people in my league have talked about just stacking up on all the Packers running backs. And then whenever whoever pans out, that's who you go with. Pers- you know, personally for me, I don't like doing well, that's that. A just lot of, that's a lot of picks just because. Uh, yeah. And that's, Six through nine, they're going. Yeah, and that's why I don't like that. But even now, we have Marshawn Lynch available, and he's another guy who's starting. Yeah, they have Doug Martin, but yeah, he's definitely good enough RB. So we're now in the seventh round. We have our running backs: Alex Collins, Deion Lewis. Not terrible at all, considering the wide receivers we have: Odo Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, Larry Fitzgerald. We also have Marlon Mack. Now, like I said, I know sleeper bot. A lot of quarterbacks and a lot of tight ends went off the board this past round. Tight ends that are available now, Jordan Reed, Trey Burton, then it drops off to George Kittle. Quarterbacks available, Kirk Cousins, Andrew Luck, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, still even Phillip Rivers, still a lot of guys I like there. So for me, I'm not going with uh, I'm not going with a quarterback yet. If this were my league and I knew that, you know, tight ends were not going to go this early like they are in this draft right now, I would still wait. But I think, Mike, just just assessing sleeper bot right now, I think it is time to go tight end. And this is something that you need to do in your drafts as well. You need to know your league and you need to assess 
when guys are going to be taken. So right now I know that one of the teams ahead of us does not have a tight end. The other one does. Jordan Reed or Trey and Trey Burton are still there and we're going to get one of them on the swing around. So Mike, would you like to take one of them if you had a preference or do you think we should wait for the swing around and take someone else? I think we should wait for the swing around. I think I saw someone that I liked in RB that I would like to. Okay. We got Marshawn Lynch, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell up next. Who am I eyeing up below those guys? Ooh. CJ Anderson. Now that I'm seeing how many people are ahead of him, I, I guess we should just lock in that tight end now. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, you know, that's another thing too. We want to lock in a position that we like and we know that we can wait. Because right now it goes Marshawn Lynch, Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, CJ Anderson. I like your thinking there. You know, you could go Marshawn Lynch because like you said, you know, you want to sure up a starter and I get that. But if there's a guy that you're eyeing up a little bit lower and I agree, I'm high on CJ Anderson. You could go listen to our running back episode um, to hear our thoughts on that. So yeah, so I know who I like at tight end. Mike, who are you thinking at tight end? Jordan Reed or Trey Burton? Well, um, yeah, Trey Burton, unfortunately. I'm not sitting through another injury-filled Jordan Reed season. Steve, for me, I'm absolutely 100% going Jordan Reed. And here, <sighs> for me, <sighs> for me, again, we are trying to maximize the position, and there's plenty of tight ends that come later that um, that you can stream if something happens. But we're sure. we're not in the business of predicting injury, and I think that we need to maximize at every position because of the strategy that we've gone with we did not go with a balanced strategy so i think that jordan reed is a guy that if we need to maximize against other teams that pick tight ends earlier than us he's a guy that can finish above them guy averages double digit points over his career so i'm i'm uh i'm you know putting the hammer down we're going jordan reed so jordan reed goes off the board carlos hyde kirk cousins marshawn lynch emmanuel sanders so, you know, wide receivers that are there, if we do want to get a fourth one, it's Jamison Crowder, Devin Funches, Robbie Anderson. Mike was still eyeing up CJ Anderson. Uh, he is the fifth running back down. Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, and then him. So, so this th- is the eighth round and the Packers running backs are still available. Should you be thinking about that route? Should you be thinking about trying to get uh, like a, a team's worth of, of running backs? So... You know, at this point, we got three wide receivers, three running backs, our tight end locked in. Um, do we get our fourth running back? You know, because we've talked about that we're, we're weak at that position. Or do we think that we can get a running back that we like on the swing around? You know, Corey Clement comes later. Ty Montgomery comes later. You know, and get someone like Jamison Crowder. Or do we like CJ Anderson enough where we're going to take him now? It's just so weird seeing like Crowder there. I like Crowder as a guy that I want I want to draft, but seeing who we already have at wide receiver, like this is just weird. Jamison Crowder is strictly a bye week start, mm-hmm. whereas we still might have we might have question marks at running back. We have Alex Collins, Deion Lewis, and Marlon Mack, but I just think stocking up maybe one or two more rounds on RBs in the higher rounds would be more beneficial for our strategy. I agree with you. I think that. There's so much talent later at the wide receiver position still. You know, a guy that I'm definitely eyeing up in this draft is like Kenny Stills, Mike Williams, and that comes 
way later. So I think we are going to go CJ Anderson here. You know, if you were someone you wanted Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, or if you wanted Jamison Crowder here, that is fine. Again, we are just trying to assess our situation and make the most of it. You know, so as, as so now Andrew Luck comes off the board, Jimmy Garoppolo. So a lot of quarterbacks are now coming off the board. I'm okay with Jimmy Garoppolo being gone. Get out of here. Matthew Stafford is gone. So Philip Rivers falls to us. We're taking him. Matt Ryan gone. Who's the next highest QB? Is and it is Philip Rivers. Rivers. Now, again, this is a time to assess your league. Okay, so b- before I get into this, recap where we're at. We have three wide receivers, top wide receivers, Odell, Michael Thomas, Larry Fitz, four running backs, and four pretty good running backs for our situation. Alex Collins, Deion Lewis, Marlon Mack, CJ Anderson. We have Jordan Reed at tight end. I'm not worried about that at all. Now, this is where you need to assess things. If you are in a league where you only play one quarterback and every team's already got a quarterback at this point, you're the last one without them. You can wait a little bit. Oh, definitely. Because odds are guys aren't thinking about uh, if they even want to draft a backup quarterback. They're not thinking about it till way later. So you can wait. We're in the ninth round now. You can wait until the 11th, 12th round. However, I know Sleeperbot, and I know that teams will pick two quarterbacks. So I'm thinking now we pretty much have to get Phillip Rivers. I'm okay with that. I like that. I'm just telling you because I know, Mike, you'll probably agree that at this point, while every other team has a quarterback, we would normally be waiting. And we yeah, think every other team too. has a quarterback, and some teams have multiple quarter. One team has multiple quarterbacks, which is, I think, absurd to ha- draft your backup quarterback in the ninth round. Exactly. Typically, you would be okay with waiting. But here, we're going to go Phillip Rivers, but just know that we would not have to. So uh, first defense comes off the board. That's Jacksonville. Three wide receivers go off the board in a row. Now it's back to us. We have our whole starting lineup now besides defense and kicker. We do not have any bench wide receivers. We have four running backs. We only plan on starting two of them. We plan on starting one of the wide receivers in the flex. But the bye weeks are a thing. And also, you know, injuries or busts could happen. So I think that we need to sure up a wide receiver at this point. Again, I want you to the listener to be kind of thinking about how we piece through the whole draft and look at our situation on how to maximize it. So wide receivers we have here, Alan Hearns, Nelson Aguilar, DJ Moore, rookie over there in Carolina, Kelvin Benjamin, Calvin Ridley, rookie over in Atlanta, Cameron Meredith. Mike, who do you got here? I'm thinking Hearns. As much as I always said, don't take the Allens of Jacksonville. He's going to be, I think he's going to be the go-to guy for Dak this year, besides, obviously, Elliot. Yeah, you know, I can I can see that. I can see that. Now, me, I kind of like Aguilar as more of a, as more of like a slot guy. You know, if I got to put him in on a bye week, I want a guy who's going to, you know, get opportunities and soft coverage. But at the same time, I do understand your thinking where, it's kind of the uh, like popularity by like numbers, right? Like Alan Hearns is in an offense where there's there's not a lot of weapons, and he might have to be a big weapon. So I'm gonna get behind that. There, I'm gonna we're gonna go with Alan Hearns. So now defense, another defense. The Rams comes off the board. Now if uh, we can talk about defenses and kickers here like a little bit. So Mike, when do you? typically 
when are you typically going to take your defense or kicker? If I'm not, if I don't plan on taking a stud defense, and by stud I mean like the top two or three, I will take them at their ADP wherever that may lie. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I'm just streaming them and I save my kicker and defense for 14, 15. Yeah, um, I think that also in a zero RB strategy, you need to try to find gold later. You need to try to find like your sleepers. And I think that if you're spending picks on D de- on, I'm going to say defenses. I'm not going to mention anything about kickers just yet, but defenses because defenses you can always, always stream and get value out of. So if we look at defenses from, from like last year, right? Besides Jacksonville, because they were an absolute like anomaly, uh, with 206 fantasy points. They averaged 12.9 points a game. But if we look at the Ravens, who were second, who averaged 10.8 points a game, if we go down to the bottom, it's um, the Saints average 8.1. And the thing is, though, is that with defenses, you're not trying to get this like, you know, like, oh, they average eight points a week, so they're always going to get me eight. That's not true. Defenses, it fluctuates. It's down to two. It's up to... 15 so you really it's just about matchups it's it's always about matchups unless you're getting those top guys so i would agree with you about whether it's like top or nothing now kickers even then i want to just say fun fact here for defenses yeah over the past four years the top scoring fantasy defense was drafted 14th overall 14th overall 6th overall and 16th overall among the defenses so that's the top scoring defense was ranked as a technically like an defense too like that that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy that it's pretty much Nobody every year a defense a defense too either so that's like the 14th overall 14th overall those two years the top defenses were basically undrafted yeah and the, and the one year it was 16th overall yeah yeah that so, was last year with the jaguars yeah so look if if you think you're getting a defense like jacksonville last year fine like you have every reason to do that that is basically like starting another uh like running back or wide receiver Kickers are different because kickers, it's not like back and forth with matchups. It more depends on the team themselves. Chris Boswell in Pittsburgh. The thing is, is that last year I'm really surprised to see that he finished sixth because the story in Pittsburgh every year is that they go for two all the time. Yeah. I don't want that in my kicker. That's something that I'm avoiding. You know, Steven Goskowski, the reason he's so successful is that they're always always moving the ball down the field he's always going to get opportunities justin tucker in baltimore joe flacco can never get into the end zone but they can their defense is good enough to keep the other team pinned deep so they're going to get close opportunities so it's like you gotta with kickers you know you want kickers on good teams who are going to get you the most opportunities and i think that you know in the past i did an analysis on our league and in the past six years, three of the championship teams had the number one kicker, which was pretty interesting. And I think that if you think that you're going to get a guy who is in a really, really great offense who can put up, you know, 10 points a week, and because I think kickers are more consistent than defenses, I think that that's okay to go with not this early, but I just think earlier than everyone else. If you don't like who's on the board and you want to go for a kicker, I'm kind of against everyone else's thinking on this. I'm okay with that. And like you were saying, a kicker can uh, can hold huge value. Like I remember last year, uh, Greg Zerline was essentially a wide receiver 
Yeah, he was a kicker. Um, get this. I want you to guess how many games last year Greg Zerline, the kicker, scored 17 points. Guess. If I if I told you, I Five. said... Uh, but But, like, even, you know, if I said, Mike, this is a kicker. How many oh, times are they going to score? I would say once or twice. Yeah, once or twice. Now, you knew how good of a year he had last year, and you guessed five. Well, it was six. Oh. He got 17.6 <laughs> times. He even scored 27 once. He had seven field goals. Like, that is someone who wins you weeks. In my 12-man league, Greg Zerline was traded for Orleans Darkwell and Matt Bryant. That was an, an awful starting running back, an RB3, RB2, and a replacement kicker for Zerline. Zerline helped my buddy make a playoff push. Yeah. Yeah, now if you're going to and, – and like that makes sense, right? Because that's 17 points a week in your starting lineup, right? Like if you're trying yeah. to make a playoff push, you want a kicker who's going to be able to do that. His ADP is 152. Guys who are going around him, Latavius Murray, David Njoku, if I had to guess – like week one, right? Dalvin Cook is the starter in Minnesota. I'm going to guess that Greg Zerline gets more points than Latavius Murray. Now, I understand that the idea is there that, well, if someone goes down or, you know, the game plan switches, these guys could be starters for you or you don't want to be left with just a good starting lineup. But then if something happens, you have no depth on your bench. I get it. But when it comes down to guys that you, if you get to a round and you don't like anybody, Go with go with Greg Zerline. <laughs> like he's a oh, guy yeah. who's gonna start for you every week, unlike some of these guys. I mean, technically we should be taking him in an RB0 draft because he's essentially a wide receiver. And that is how you maximize him. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's true, right? So again, we we gotta because we're gonna lose at the running back position, we wanna maximize as many positions as we can. So I would love right, right now we're around ADP 127. I think we can wait a little bit more before we uh, before someone's going to take him. But um, I, I would love to eye him up. Now, going back, because we're going to have to recap here. We got our starting lineup. We got Phillip Rivers. We got Odell, Michael Thomas, Larry Fitz, Alex Collins, Deion Lewis. We got two running backs on the bench. Marlon Mack, CJ Anderson. Jordan Reed is in our uh, tight end position. We have one bench wide receiver. That's Alan Hearns. Now, coming up on the board at wide receiver... We got Marquise Lee, Mike Williams, Kenny Stills. Looking up on the running backs, Doug Martin, Devontae Booker, Matt Breida. Mike, I already know who we're taking, but I'm going to let you give your two cents anyway. <laughs> who are I, who would you like? Neither anybody mentioned tickled my fancy there, but I would probably have to go with the wide receiver there just because the running backs I don't see having any type of value except if we expect the starter to go down. Those yep. are like the guys you cuff if you draft them. If you're the cuffing type of person. And and oh, don't get me started on the cuffers. <laughs> and that is not us. <laughs> no way. Now, Marquise Lee, Mike Williams, Kenny Stills, Martavis Bryant, Rashard Matthews. Who are you going with? I'm going to have to go with Mike Williams. I know you want Kenny Stills, but... I want Kenny Stills. Look, we're going Stills then. I, look, look, I asked you out of courtesy, but I'm drafting Kenny Stills. But... <laughs> You make a great argument for Mike Williams, and if he came around on the swing, I would say we should definitely take him. Mike Williams is so talented. See, that's that's a situation where Mike Williams was ADP higher than Kenny Stills, but if you do your research and you like a guy, we've done it already with the running backs. If you like a guy who's down lower than who's above him, 
and you can reason with yourself you've done the research you know you want that guy over the others just take him yeah, all they, ADP is what other people like us and like you have been doing in mock drafts that we're not all experts here yeah it's so not that set number in stone. could be yeah exactly no yeah you bring up a perfect point right like ADP is just what other people are doing well you don't have to listen to other people now you don't want I mean typically we all know what we're doing so you don't want to reach like too too much but I mean, Kenny Stills is a slot receiver with a vertical game, and he has been successful in the vertical game. And you know who else was a slot receiver that was successful in a vertical game and had a big year last year? I don't. Who? Adam Thielen. Oh, right. So right. he is a Adam Thielen kind of guy. I think that he could have a big year. But it's back to us. We now have five wide receivers. We have four running backs. Now again, this is we're getting closer to the uh, like that kicker area where if we want to take Greg Zerline, but I think we can still go until the backswing. What do you think? Just looking at who's available, I mean, who's available? Well, running backs available right now are Devontae Booker, who I'm pretty sure is supposed to be the starter, Matt Breida back up in San Francisco, and Latavius Murray back up in Minnesota. Like I said, those are guys that Brita and Latavius, at least, that I think are just you draft them to cuff them. You don't really have much intention of starting those guys. Now, wide receiver, we have Martavis Bryant, Rashard Matthews, and Geronimo Allison. I might take a flyer pick on Geronimo Allison, actually. Yeah. Every I- year, Aaron Rodgers has two wide receivers finish top 20. Randall Cobb doesn't play this year. He's already been plagued with injury in the in the preseason. Toronto Allison will, will fill right in with that spot. He's already Jordy's replacement, so if he'll be Cobb's replacement as well, I could see him being that second wide receiver that Rodgers normally has placed in the top 20. Yeah, normally I would argue that like Randall Cobb is too good and we should just go with Greg Zerline here. But because, like you said, with you know Randall Cobb already even showing twice now in the preseason that injuries are catching up to him and like knowing his injury history... Um, I think Geronimo Allison is a great pick here. And now we've we've really shored up the wide receiver position. Um, you know, we got guys that we could trade. We got guys that can fill in. Yeah, I was about to say, a great thing with this strategy is we have the, we're assuming we have the locked in three wide receivers. If one of these late flyers pan out, Alan Hearns, Kenny Stills, Geronimo Allison, we could use, we could package them up with somebody else on our team, one of our lesser running backs and trade for a better running back should we need to at some point in the season because there's going to be other teams in need of wide receivers as we stacked up on them absolutely yeah trading is a part of the game so it can be a part of your plan now what do you know greg zerline came back to us so just so that you can kind of get our thinking again right on you know trying to maximize value if we look at running backs Legarrette blunt james white jordan wilkins frank gore Nothing sexy. Kenny Galladay, I like. Michael Gallup, Danny Amendola, D.D. Westbrook. You know, guys that could have pretty good years, but we have so many better options already on our team at wide receiver and already on our team at running back that why not sure up a, you know, a guy who's like 17 uh, points a game in Greg Zerline. So we're going to go with Greg Zerline right here and, you know, all we're really missing on a starting lineup is a defense. Now, defenses, we're just going to wait. We're now in the 14th round. 
the Saints are still there. The Saints were a top fantasy defense last year, if I recollect correctly, and they just drafted another top corner. So you do you you are <laughs> you are recollecting correctly. Um, the Saints were um, they were startable. They were the defense ten, but again, it's all about matchups. So um, with with defenses, so um, you you could kind of take that with a grain of salt. But you're right though; they still. They still produced, you know, on a pretty decent average. But we have three picks left. We're in the 14th round out of 16 rounds. The only starting position we need to fill is a defense. And at this point, I think we're going to wait. Is that true, Michael? We could wait. Okay. Now, we have four running backs. We have six wide receivers. We have our kicker. We have our quarterback. We have our tight end. Now, this could be a time that we pick a running back that we think that, you know, this is our fifth running back. This is a wow, guy that... I actually see great running backs right now on this list. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's guys that it's guys that aren't sexy now, but have the ability to be very, very, you know, valuable. And we already have four running backs, but again, wide we are wide receiver heavy. We wanna get somebody who we think could you know maybe even if it's not right at the beginning of the year someone who could bust out a few weeks into the year something happens to a starter or you know they just start taking carries and little by little they become a starter um so right now we have james white frank gore peyton barber austin eckler spencer ware mike who out of this list are you thinking is the guy that could that is kind of like has the most potential the most potential? Well, who? who I, would I mean, say, who are you taking? Who are you taking? Who am I taking? I I don't think this is going to be too spicy of a pick, but I'm thinking T.J. Yeldon out of this group. I'll Ooh. admit Austin Eakler is very tempting as he he had some big games last year, and I definitely think he's going to get used more in that offense. Spencer Ware, he was an RB one two years ago before he got injured. If it wasn't for his injury, we wouldn't know who Kareem Hunt even is. So he he is also very tempting, but I think TJ Yeldon is going to be the clear-cut passing down back over in Jacksonville. I could see them getting some leads with that defense and them wanting to rest Fournette for the playoffs and cutting down on his carries a bit throughout the season. So I think I think I could see Yeldon being the pick here, but you could definitely make an argument for Eclair and Ware. Now, normally I would agree with you. I mean, I am a Leonard Fournette owner and TJ, his lack of passing down ability, Leonard Fournette's that is, uh, worries me. Um, and like you said, like game plan worries me, right? You know, I do like the fact that he's a bruising back. So if they have a lead, they're going to run him a lot. But like you said, with those nagging injuries that he's had throughout his career and his college career, if the defense, like if they get a big lead against someone, it could just be Yeldon rushing it. Yeldon's going to be the third down guy. Um, so I'm worried more as a Fournette owner, not excited as a TJ Yeldon owner, because I just don't think it's going to be enough. And my argument against taking him now is his ADP is 184, and right now we're at 148 or 155. Oh, I was just looking the next at the guy. running backs. But if, so, I'm looking, if we're at all right now, I'm seeing Kenny Galladay, James White. I... I think we could safely take the Saints here. Like, it's the 14th round. 
Okay, so if if there's a defense that you really, really like, because, yeah, okay, so you're eyeing up TJ Yeldon, right? Let's just say you're like yeah. Mike. You're eyeing up TJ Yeldon. You know you can get him at the at the backswing. So instead of reaching for him now, and you're like, you know what? I, I think if you're looking at it, you know, the Saints are going to, like, have a— maybe you're looking at it, and this defense has a, a good early schedule or something, and you're like, you know what? I'm going to get them now, and that that's totally fine. If it were me, I would have taken Spencer Ware right there and waited on a defense. Uh, however, you know, that's fine if we want to go like a little bit later, but just kind of giving you like another side of things, I would have gone Spencer Ware. I think that he's great, but so it looks like By the looks of it. Spencer Ware is about to fall to us. <laughs> well, yes. So and he does. And I two would, defenses were taken. So I, Mike made the right pick there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and again, look, it, it's about, it's about analyzing your situation and knowing where guys are going to go. N- pretty much none of the other teams had kickers. And the whole next round was uh, defenses and kickers. You know, guy picks that I like, you know, Mike Gusecki uh, was picked in that round. You know, Danny Amendola, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, guys that I like. But again, we are set at wide receiver. So we got two picks left. Mike. I think we could just go where first because he's the higher ADP That's and then Yeldon on the turnaround. Yeah. That's what I was thinking because a guy I like, a guy you like, will take the guy that's higher first. So we're going to go Spencer Ware. I think that he's a guy who, you know, again, like you said, we wouldn't even know who a Kareem Hunt is if Spencer Ware didn't get hurt. Um, and then there's TJ Yeldon. Boom, we'll go with that. And then that is our draft. So just to recap... We did this draft as the 10th pick out of 12. And at the 10th pick, you know you're not getting these stud running backs that you might need to win your league. So you have to maximize somewhere else. We did the zero running back strategy. What we came out of it with was Phillip Rivers as our quarterback. So, and we got to wait on him. Phillip Rivers, I think, is going to have a great year. For our starting running backs, Alex Collins, Deion Lewis. Mike, what are your thoughts on those two guys as our RB1 and RB2? Oh, I am more than happy with that. Last year, I was going with my RB2s as like Theo Riddick, who was a bust, and Tevin Coleman. So I have no issue with having that um, passing down back as my RB2 option. And I agree, especially for what we got, what you're going to hear next. So again, we know that we're losing at the RB position, but Alex Collins and Deion Lewis are enough to keep us in games, even when we're going against a Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they're enough to get like some points. And then our wide receivers can blow it out against these other teams' wide receivers. We got Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, and then in the flex, Larry Fitzgerald. Having a guy like Larry Fitz in the flex and being able to start Odell and Michael Thomas, you know, these are guys that are 15 to 20 every week. We should be able to maximize our wide receiver position and outperform with our running backs, the other team's uh, running back position. So it ends up that we didn't, you know, just go, oh, we'll just take, you know, Christian McCaffrey just because we need a running back. Instead, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to win. We're trying to, we're trying to outperform other teams. Tight end, Jordan Reed. Again, we waited. If he on- gets injured, we could just stream one. I know that's a big concern with him, but we took him where his value was, and he we need him to maximize. Yeah. Uh, we let other teams take uh, tight ends so that we could get as many running backs as possible at that point, 
you know, before the, in the fourth, fifth and sixth round to make sure that we were getting some guys that could perform well, like just in case. And, you know, Jordan Reed's a guy where if he stays healthy and plays all 16 games, which ooh, that, that just even like feels weird That's scary. That, that feels weird saying, but he's going to outperform all these tight ends that were taken before him. You know, Jimmy Graham, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Ingram. So, you know, taking him there was a great choice. You know, on our bench now, we have Marlon Mack, CJ Anderson, two running backs who, you know, one's a starter. And if Andrew Luck keeps playing well, like he's doing in preseason, yeah, having a good quarterback helps the running game. C.J. Anderson, Mike, tell me a little bit about why you like C.J. Anderson. Thousand yards last year with the Denver Broncos, who, if anybody thinks back to last season, they were horrific. The fact that he still managed to put up those thousand yards, I know he only had a handful of touchdowns, I think six. He's going to be over in a much more productive offense. The holes will be there for him. He's got an O-line over in Carolina. They're... The defense will be having to worry about maybe some RPOs with Cam Newton. So I just see his ceiling being much higher to, than what it was last year. Yeah, and Christian McCaffrey's a thing, but, you know, they went out and got C.J. Anderson after they saw what they had in a runner in uh, Christian McCaffrey. And the whole, like, I could see him getting, you know, 25, 30 touches a game is clearly coach's talk. That they is would, absurd. They would be stupid to do that. They would be wasting. And not put C.J. Anderson to use. Last year, they gave Jonathan Stewart 198 touches over 15 games. If C.J. Anderson is clearly a better back than Jonathan Stewart doesn't see at least at least 225, they don't know what they're doing over there. Yeah, and, and Jonathan Stewart had 29 red zone carries. So, like, they they did not, they clearly did not use McCaffrey in the red zone last year. And C.J. Anderson's a better running back. You know, he could be a guy to get, like, a lot of these red zone carries and a lot of touchdowns. So, great bench spot pick to see what we have in him. Could end up being in our starting lineup. Perfect for the zero RB strategy. Um, Also on our bench, three wide receivers. Alan Hearns, Kenny Stills, Geronimo Allison. I'm going to talk about Kenny Stills, like I mentioned before. A guy in the slot who has vertical game is becoming a is becoming a nightmare for defensive backs in the NFL. Adam Thielen proved that last year, and Kenny Stills, I think, is going to be a nightmare against defensive backs down in Miami. He's one of the league's most disrespected and underrated wide receivers. You know, we got him in the 11th round. He's a guy where you don't have to spend a lot on and could absolutely turn out to be a flex player, even in your starting lineup by the end of the season, where... If our running backs don't pan out and we have to sell one of our wide receivers, one of those top guys, uh, to get some running backs to sure up, I don't mind sticking Kenny Stills in. I think that he's going to be a great pick. Then we went down and got, we have the Saints defense, nothing really to talk about there. We went out and got Greg Zerline. We talked plenty about why, you know, it's important to get a top kicker, we think, but you don't have to do it until you're in a round where you don't like anybody around and you know you can get the people you do like on the backswing. And then our last Spencer Ware, TJ Yeldon, just guys that we think, you know, I think Spencer Ware could eat into Kareem Hunt. So that's there's just some value there. And Mike, tell me again why you liked TJ Yeldon. He's definitely he's the passing down back. Fournette, he can he can ground the pound, but he cannot catch a ball. And later in the season, when I'm 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 just assuming these guys are making the playoffs, they're gonna have some pretty big leads with that lockdown defense. And I could see them wanting to rest Fournette and save him for the playoffs. 
worst comes to worst, um, Ware and Yeldon, they could just be trade bait if you want to trade them to um, Kareem Hunt or Fournette owners, and you could cuff them in with one of your bench wide receivers if they need one, and you could just snake something off of someone else. Yeah, so, you know, even with our last pick, you can see that there's there's a lot of thought that goes into every single player, and it's going to depend on what strategy you're using. So, guys, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Next time, we're going to be doing another drafting strategy, so stay tuned. Take a look at our Twitter account at flag underscore challenge. I'll be posting the uh, results from this mock draft here, and I'll be letting you guys know what kind of mock draft strategy we'll be doing next time. So, Mike, I know we didn't talk about any position in general. However, give us a guy, 11th round or later, one guy that you are high on this year that we should be targeting. I'm high on Dante Foreman. His ADP is the 11th pick in the 11th round. Last year, I owned him. I just picked him up. I saw he had like eight or nine catches. He put up like a six or seven spot in points. He got the yards. He had a good yards per carry. Um, he had a huge game last year before having a season-ending injury. And if he's back healthy this year, I could honestly see him winning the starting role over there in Houston. So getting him in the 11th round or later, I see being a huge value and moving on with your fantasy season.